Hi, this is Mike Bursell, voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover and Living with the Land. Welcome to a voyage of discovery and awareness of the richness, the diversity, and the often surprising nature of the Mickey Dudes podcast. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, joined today by our producer extraordinaire, Greg Nevis. I regret nothing ever. And our rotating Mickey Dude commentators... Kyle Ostrander. Squeak, squeakum, squeaker, squeak, squeakum. And Chuck Fitzgerald. Besides, they're tourists. What do they know? Your 10 bucks is in the mail, buddy. Thank you. Fair to help. And today we're going to be doing a little something different on the Mickey Dudes. We kind of go back and forth uh, before our recording of what our topic's going to be a few days beforehand, so we have a little time to do some research. This time, since we all have lives, we were a bit busy, so we decided that we are going to do a free form as uncut as possible although some of our boys kind of just uh, made that to be uh, contradicted since some uh, language just popped out that you won't be hearing on this cut and we're just beep no it was not me Kyle I don't know who it was Kyle but with that in mind we're just going to talk Disney tonight whatever comes to mind and we're going to start with a little bit of congratulations that goes to our very own Mickey dude, Kyle. Kyle, I understand you have some news for us. Do share. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Um, recently, I became a travel agent with Mickey World Travel. Very good. Uh, yes, it's very fun. Yay! I've always, you know, had the idea of becoming one. Uh, a little little side job, getting a little extra money, and also getting to plan Disney trips all darn day long. And, um, you know, I've tried before in the past. I've emailed these companies, hey, I'm interested in becoming a travel agent part-time, and never heard anything back. Well, I met Chuck and Dave and Chuck's girlfriend and uh, Heather in April during the Dark Side Challenge, and we became friends on Facebook, and I noticed that she was a travel agent. I went to her her travel agent webpage and I went to which is Mickey World Travel and they had a little spot right there that said join our team so hey why not I went to uh, click on there did a little did a little uh, application kind of thing like how many times you've been to Disney World or any kind of Disney vacation uh, what's your favorite thing to do down there and I got a phone interview about three four days later and within a week two weeks i was part of the mickey world travel team congratulations that's awesome thank that's you that's fantastic kyle thank I you i know that heather absolutely uh she loves doing it for the time i mean like you said it's just kind of extra money and you get to plan disney vacations all day long what's what could be wrong with that i mean to me the, the vacation starts when you start planning absolutely yeah we get it's, it's fun when you get there but wow you get the plan where you're going to eat what days you're going to go? When you go to the parks, what fast pass you're going to do? And you got this time to plan it and think about it. And that's that's the fun part about it. I love that kind of stuff. 
Agreed. There is one downside, though, Kyle. What's that? You plan other people's vacations, that just makes you want to go even sooner than you already are planning to. It's kind of like missing it or trying to live vicariously through them. Yes. But it's never, never the same. Well, thank God for DDC and APs. With me, I've always wanted to do that myself. What's kind of stopping me is the fact that as a teacher, I'm always afraid that if I have a guest that's checking in or something and something's wrong and they have to call me, I can't stop teaching in the middle and tell my principal, oh, I got to call up Disney and deal with this. So it's kind of been one of those things where I want to do it, but it just there's no practicality in doing it at the moment. Well, I'm here to help anybody, really. Well, Kyle, you're going to do a bang-up job on this, so good luck, buddy. Awesome, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Kyle, you're going to do awesome. With that, let's open up the floor and let's talk Disney. Anybody have anything to say? I do want to talk about something that Disney has done pretty fantastically since, you know, they've started developing the project, and that's Disney Springs. Dave seems to think it's the locals park, the fifth gate, as you were, for the locals because they have fountains. So by that rationale, any mall with a fountain is going to be the next gate for Disney. But really, Disney is doing a fantastic job with Disney Springs. I was a little skeptical when I first saw the initial drawings as we had gone through that whole Hyperion Wharf phase where they officially announced it and then nothing happened. But Disney is actually seeing this through with the theming. And it's really a hit with anyone who goes down there. I mean, you have fantastic bars, as Dave and I and Kyle know, when we went to Jock Lindsay's um, and had just, you know, some fantastic drinks. Yeah, they were expensive, but it's Disney. What isn't? But the, the entire area, it's really transformed from the stigma of Pleasure Island, where it's only a nightclub thing, to a, hey, I actually want to go down and spend time there. This isn't something that I can do or that I have to do on my first day, on my last day. It's something that I can do just in the middle. Just, you know, I want a little break from the parks, but I still don't want to leave the Disney area. It, it really is. It's just transformed the entire area, and I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's interesting that you would actually say that, because we recently recorded the show where I said that with Disney Springs, I kind of feel like I can be home, and there's good bars, and there's good places to shop and kind of just hang out, that when I'm in Disney, I want to be in the parks, But uh, I was there last week, and I was with a lot of locals this time, and I'm rethinking that now, because they wanted to go down to Disney Springs a lot, and I really had a nice time. I ate at the new restaurant, Homecoming. It was alright, but I've had better food in different places, but it was decent. It's worth checking out. I mean, I did enjoy their Hush Puppies. They had a pretty good uh, dessert that was just... It was a cake that was uh, swimming in moonshine, which was really delicious. It's one of I'm those there. things... Yeah, it says on the menu that you have to be 21 to order it. And I'll tell you, I, awesome. did, have a, I did have a nice buzz when I finished it because <laughs> after that I was on my way to uh, Universal Studios for an annual pass holder event. And I was Where? sitting at Universal Studios, the other part never... down the road. Never heard of it. Exactly. Well, you better hear of it now. You're a TA, so get on that. Yes. And, but I'm. I was about to drive out, and I realized I'm like, wait a minute, I can't. I can't go yet. I had that much I of a buzz. Be yeah. I actually sat in my car for about a half hour with the air conditioner on, just uh, listening to podcast, actually waiting to uh, kind of sober up, and then I was. 
I actually uh, ended up uh, waiting about 45 minutes with it just to, just to make sure beforehand because, you know, it's a different state. Better safe than sorry. And I got to the event a little bit late, but I wasn't expecting the drink that night. I saw the cake and, um, yeah, that kind of went south really quick. Well, you're very responsible, Dave. I try to be, and as a teacher, I try to uh, instill that in my students, so you kind of got to practice what you preach on that. Yeah, I was down there in April for the dark side, and I had no no uh, park tickets, and I stayed at Saratoga Springs. So what's the best thing to do? Go to Disney Springs. And I probably went there every single day, numerous times of the day, and I never got bored. I didn't. I look forward to going every time. Go, hey, I'll, take, I'll take a lift. Uh, walk left this time instead of taking a right and see where it takes me and I had good drinks good food had some good good time with some good friends and it's, it's fun and you know what that's actually fantastic Kyle you did all that before the rest of Disney Springs was open yeah because obviously we were there at the same time and that was before the town center had opened that was before the new shopping center had opened and sprinkles had opened pretty much anything that everyone's talking about yeah. now was not open at that time Oh, the fact that uh, you have that much or enjoyed it that much at that point just speaks volumes of what they've done since then. Yeah, we our last trip in July, we didn't have a chance to go down there, but when we go back in October, we're going to at least spend a little bit of time down there. At least see the new stuff. I did have an opportunity to see the new town center, and it's really nice with the, the way they have this facade. You walk under a building that just the stores are on one side it's a covered walkway it almost looks like you're in uh, an old English train station almost and they have fountains going up and up and down the middle with like public public gardens what I kind of found interesting and I tweeted it was uh, there's a fountain in front of the store everything but water which is uh, oh, a woman's uh beach store so basically it has all sorts of swimsuits and stuff like that towels and different things like that but I kind of thought that was uh, a bit ironic so I had to uh, take a picture of that and tweet uh, something that just said um seriously it also reminded me of uh, the arcade at Disneyland Paris in Disneyland Paris you have two options for Main Street USA you can just walk down the traditional Main Street that they have in Disney World and in Disneyland but on the other sides of uh, Main Street, there's a backside, and they have a covered arcade. And there's you can actually walk on the other side of the Emporium, and it's clo- it's closed in. So people take it while you while it's raining. You can walk through it that way. And when you enter the studios in Paris, it's the same thing. You have to walk through uh, their equivalent of Buena Vista Street, but it's. Uh, covered just like it was at the town center so i think they kind of borrowed some of their european architecture for that where exactly is it located i don't have a map in front of me give me a shop or give me a restaurant where it's near it would be closer to where the whole uh, where splitsville and the uh circus soleil theater is because okay. when we were there they had all the construction walls still up in that general yeah. area that's what they were that's what they were still building at that point. So kind of like if you're walking down, you got Splitsville on one side and the movie theater on the other side. Yeah, it almost looks like where all the shops are. It almost has a feel too, if not uh, Disneyland Paris. You can maybe uh, say a Las Vegas hotel where all the ch- where all the shops are within like a promenade area or something like that. Kind of done on that scale. Okay. And you know what? That's fantastic. I mean, I'm like 69 days that nice. 
Uh, 69 days out from 67. 38 days. Um, whatever. Yeah, that's nice, Kyle. Good for you. 38. <laughs> from uh, my wine and dine trip. And I, I really think that's almost one of the parts that I'm looking forward to. Greg, you've actually been really quiet. What do you think about the new Disney Springs? Well, they certainly taken it from a place to go to if you said, well, if we have time to make it there to a place where now you need to make time to go to. I haven't been there yet, but based on what I've heard and seen, it just looks absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, Disney Springs for us was we go arrive the day before our actual vacation. Instead of wasting a park ticket for a half a day, we go down to Disney Springs and just spend the afternoon but yeah i actually want to go down there and spend a day regardless of what tickets i have or not right now what a lot of people do from my understanding is if they're not going to utilize magical express if they're planning to rent a car from the airport and they arrive later on at night i've known a lot of people who opt to stay on hotel plaza boulevard the night that they arrive if they're arriving later in the day if they don't have time to go to a park experience Disney Springs that night and then the next day check out of the what Double Tree or the Hilton and then go over to their Walt Disney World Resort from there. That's what we did that's what we always do. We go stay at Double Tree, hit Disney Springs at afternoon time and have a good rest and check into wherever hotel we're going to. And but now I really want to say let's uh, let's do a half a day at Animal Kingdom, we'll do the rest of the day at uh, Disney Springs. Okay. And now you can do that with the uh, Animal Kingdom going back to a semi well it's not going to say normal because they're still kind of closing early but earlier hours yeah, normal for them? Yeah I would say that Yeah. in October when we go it's going to be uh, normal hours then they close at 7 again hmm. yeah no rivers of light I love how that just kind of just disappeared Yeah. you know what though and yeah. Avatar is still there not that I'm breaking any news Safari Mike of Radio Harambe Podcast is actually in Disney World right now as we're recording this, and he posted a video yesterday or the day before of them testing the floats again. So maybe Rivers of Light isn't so far away. They've been doing a lot of tests. It probably is. I have a couple cast member friends that have told me that they've been doing a lot of tests left and right after hours and early in the morning. So that's still going on. Yeah, so I'll believe it when I see it. They must have been testing this during the day because he got pictures of it, so... That doesn't... That know. wouldn't surprise me. I know Disneyland one time did this whole uh, summer uh, promotion, and it was centered around their new dragon for Fantasmic, which they actually call Murphy, and if any of you have ever been down to Disneyland and seen it, it's spectacular. It blows the dragon away in Disney World. We're not as cool as you, Dave. Ah, uh, well, Jeff has seen it, but that this is true. <laughs> this is why you always... Uh, always bust on me because you want to be me i've i've basically more or less just yeah, that's uh, what it accepted is. this a long yeah. time ago I want, so, I want that goatee hey <laughs> it's a work of art just like every the other f- part of me as i said in chat one day i am the michelangelo of my life and the david that i'm sculpting is me i don't remember you saying that i said it to pat anyway yeah <laughs> anyway getting back to what i was saying if for the entire summer, people were camping out waiting for Fantasmic to see this new dragon. They were just, every night it was supposed to come out, They'll, it's going to come out tomorrow, it's going to come out tomorrow. Every day they were having technical difficulties with it, and it went for most of the summer all the way up to August without even coming out. People were getting really angry, guest relations were fielding complaints left and right. The logo for the whole promotion was the dragon. 
and lo and behold, no dragon, just like the whole thing with the Rivers of Light. The only thing is, they've been doing a really good job of kind of just not talking about Rivers of Light and making people kind of uh, forget about it. Yeah. Speaking of things going away, the Main Street Electrical Parade, gone. Thoughts? Anybody? It's time. Indifference? It's part of Disney history, and it's something that should be around in one of their parks, but it's kind of run its course for Disney World, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love it. I never got to go as a child, and I always saw pictures of it and videos of it, uh, watching the Disney Channel and stuff. So when I finally went, it was something that I really wanted to see. I didn't know what I was going to expect in terms of the music. The way the electronic music starting when it came on the first time, I didn't know where to look. It was, I got chills seeing it for the first time. I saw it uh, two weeks ago for the last time, and I kind of got choked up as it was uh, finishing up. But I don't know. I kind of wish that uh, I got to see Spectro. I never did. I know Spectro is not coming back, and my understanding for... uh, Paint the Night is the reason why they wouldn't bring Paint the Night over to uh, Disney World. And this was some of my cast member friends that were telling me because of the... It's two stories. Yeah. They can't uh, hold the weight. That's the thing. Because the uh, Utilidors are on the first floor of Walt Disney World. Some of the floats are really heavy and they can't actually uh, hold the weight going up. It's, I think it's the bridge that they hmm. that's on the parade route. Because right. uh, yeah. on the... Um, what is what was it? The uh, Keys to the Kingdom tour. They explained that the Festival of Fantasy Parade always comes from Frontierland onto Main Street USA, and it won't start on Main Street and go the other way. And the reason being is because the floats are a bit larger, and from Frontierland down to uh, Liberty Square and to the bridge. It's a uh, da- it's a downward slope. It's a very small downward slope, but it's easier for the floats to go down than it is to make the- to make the slope up. Some of them were actually when they were running from Main Street to Frontierland, they were getting stuck on the upward slope the way they were built. So it's just easier for them to uh, kind of just go downhill. It's it's enough that we don't notice it walking, but for the for the floats and for the machinery. That's why they do it that way. So, well, another little Disney fun fact. Yeah, my wife, that's her favorite nighttime spectacular to go to. And at 6 o'clock at night, we're sitting down waiting for that parade. 6 o'clock? It's 6 o'clock. Mm, 1800 military time. But it's so easy now to get a spot. Not in July or June. And um, mm. we, yeah, I hate I hate the, the wait, but yeah, that's a great parade. I enjoy it, and we are going. Like I said, we are going to be down there during this last week. You might see it a couple times. Okay, what I would recommend, and it's going to be a sacrifice on your part because no. it's going to involve you eating at Tony's Town Square. But get the no. don't do that. Get, don't no. do that. You, I did no. the I did the package just to basically get a good spot because I did uh, broadcast the parade and sh- I shared it on the Mickey Dude's Facebook page. Yes, you did. It was awesome. Thank you. I made that sacrifice for all of you because I had to eat that food. <laughs> and what they oh, say about it is absolutely true. So I had, it was a three-course lunch, $45. And basically, they give you the ticket. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, doing the math, the steak was actually more. So I actually ended up ordering the steak. 
The steak was tough. Their signature uh, appetizer is a uh, fried zucchini sticks. Yeah, no, they no, it wasn't ooh, it was yuck. And the reason being is because they had absolutely no taste. If they would have seasoned the batter, maybe even salted the batter a bit, they would have been fine. But they just were so bland. And then I got gelato for dessert, vanilla gelato. I was with our buddy Joe Quitachi, who came on for our Run Disney show. Hey, Joe. And let me tell you something. I never tasted more disgusting gelato. It was, it almost, it's a very, it's hard to explain. You have to taste it just to see how bad it is. It almost felt like it, the consistency, I felt like I was eating ice cream with fur. There is absolutely no way that I can explain the consistency of this stuff in my mouth that anybody can visualize without actually <laughs> you trying it. It is, it was that vile. <laughs> okay, good. But I will say, it was worth it to get the spot that I did get right in Town Square for the parade. You might want to just make the sacrifice and just go there for that reason because you're going to get a really nice spot. You can go right up front. You don't have to wait two hours. You can actually be on some rides and doing some other stuff and then walk up maybe about 10 minutes right before the parade and they got a nice dedicated spot for you. You can see it coming out of the gate. You can see it running through uh, Town Square and then you can see it going up Main Street. It's worth it just for that. I, you know what? I like Main Street Electrical Parade. Not enough to eat at Tony's, but I'm not... I, I hate to say it, but I'm not sad that it's going. I'm sad that we're not getting anything to replace it immediately. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering about that because they might actually announce something in the winter because we still have the parties now and then they start doing the Christmas parade. So in the parties and then at Christmas time. So we might actually be seeing some maybe for the slower months in January and February when things are actually under refurbishment anyway. We might not have something, but I think by spring we'll probably have something. I'm, I'm, I'd be shocked if we didn't. I'd, I'd like to think that you're right, but we're still talking about six months, and you, you're talking about the Christmas parade that doesn't start until December, and they don't start running that on a daily basis until the week of Christmas. So at that point, you're still talking about two full months essentially, because this is going on October 9th, correct? Yes. This is true, but you do have a lot of the parties on those nights, and they have the parade, so you're having some type of nighttime entertainment. There are going to be nights that it's going to be parade-less, but... I, I don't like it. I mean, I, I, I I'd, don't be, either. I'd be more inclined to, to agree with this if there was an announcement of something, like, like they did with Disneyland. Hey, you guys are losing paint the night, but here, Main Street Electrical Parade's coming right back, so enjoy that. You guys will love it. Where we get, hey, Main Street Electrical Parade's leaving. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure ahead, out, hey, though... Hey. Chuck, Dave, I got an idea. I got a Uh-oh. crazy theory here that the Main Street Electrical Parade is going away and making room for some kind of Osborne Light spectacular thing. But where would they put it? Maybe not Osborne Lights. Down Main Street? Maybe not Osborne Lights in particular, but something like, like that. Some kind of spectacular Christmas Lights thing. The only thing with that is that they would have to start putting it up now because Osborne Lights started... If you went on to the streets of America, you would notice in, in this month of August, you would see the netting of lights already going on to the buildings. That's the yeah, only Dave's thing. Dave's 100% correct with that. Well, maybe you're wrong. It's possible. Well, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with Dave being wrong, so. Considering that you're always wrong, Chuck. But Except for the fact that I'm always right. It's documented. Greg, you I still there? I have this notepad here. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to share. Actually, a rumor I heard was that they're they're taking away the parade, but in return, they're giving everybody park hoppers. So I think it's a fair trade. Oh, I knew that was coming. I was waiting. I knew something was going to come up with that. I was just waiting. I'm just shocked that it was actually Greg that said it. Well, I was going to say it, but now I'm glad that Greg did. Greg, you're my hero. It took me all that time to think it up. Getting back to Tony's, though, yeah, under any other circumstances, I would not eat at Tony's, but if you are a fan of this parade and you want to see it one more time, if you happen to be in Disney World before it goes, you might want to make that sacrifice and go and eat at this vile establishment just to get a better view of the parade and kind of say your goodbyes that way. We'll be in Raglan Road, then. You know what? You got the you got the better bargain in that way. Getting back to Disney Springs, though, I do want to make I do want to mention one thing. Uh, Disney is amazing with food allergies, but I found out that Disney Spring restaurants are not as accommodating if they are not actually owned by Disney. I have a friend with uh, peanut and tree nut allergy. Almost any place will work with that because that could be deadly. Another friend of mine has a uh, gluten allergy. He doesn't have celiac disease, but he has a gluten uh, sensitivity, and he has a a sensitivity to dairy. He carries his lactate around, so if something has dairy, he just takes it and he's fine. But the gluten, he needs to stay away from. We went to Earl's Sandwich, and it was really surprising and distressing to me the fact that they do not have gluten-free bread. Really? You would think that would be such a popular place, that they would have something for... People with a gluten uh, sensitivity or celiac disease. No, that was just a uh, shocker for me. Well, even though it's uh, they're alert, they have a sensitivity to it. That's kind of, that's kind of the thing right now with is gluten free. Exactly. Whether you don't need it or or you just don't want gluten, that's that's a thing now. Especially along uh, weightlifters and crossfitters. Yeah. And surprise don't have any kind of option. Yeah, and it's it's very trendy now, so it does really surprise me. Blaze Pizza does offer a uh, gluten-free crust for anybody who needs one. Wolfgang Puck Express was very accommodating. They had um, a couple of the uh, temporary kiosks that couldn't help them. There's one, for instance, that makes all these different types of sausage. And my understanding is they're a chain. And when he asked to see an allergy menu, it said that they had a gluten-free bun. So when he ordered that... They apologized to them. They said, it does say that, but we're a chain. At the moment, we don't have the bun over here. That's just our general chain over here, but we can't accommodate you when we were making the order. They were very apologetic about it, and they felt bad that they couldn't do it. It just They were just out of it at the time. But it just really shocked me that I always thought that Disney was the easiest place to eat if it was a food allergy. It is true if it's a Disney-owned restaurant, but you go Correct. out to the subcontracted ones and uh, you're not as uh, lucky. Well, exactly, because if they go to guest relations and, and uh, complain that, hey, Earl's Sandwich shouldn't have a gluten-free option, this has got to say is, well, it's, it's not our restaurant. That's their issue, not ours. Exactly, but it is something that people should take into consideration is if you do have allergies, you might want to go and check some of these websites to see if you want to eat in Disney Springs what is going to be accommodating to your particular sensitivity or allergy, especially if it's a deadly allergy. I think that uh, peanut and tree nut, they're definitely going to bend to because that can kill somebody right away 
But if you have something that just kind of makes you sick, I would really double check before you actually just walk into one of those restaurants expecting them to accommodate you. Disney World restaurants on in the parks that are owned by Disney are going to bend over backwards. But this was just a wake-up call that I was not happy to see. So it sounds like a bunch of us have trips uh, coming. Kyle, when are you going? I'm going in October 5th through 9th with the wife on our 10th anniversary extravaganza. She's put up with without you for a decade? Wow. That woman should get A decade sent- without the children. Greg, fanfare. Thank you. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that woman for um, putting up with you should get some type of medal. Medal of Honor. She's a redhead and she'll cut me if I say anything bad. Good for her. Yes, they will. I'm married to a redhead as well. <laughs> but yeah, we're going down the 5th through the 9th, which is also during uh, Food and Wine, which we have never experienced. And I'm happy about that. And we are going to do the deluxe dining plan. So you get those extra snacks? Extra snacks. And instead of getting, you know, one table service and one quick service, we get three credits to do whatever the heck we want to. Wow. So you're not going to be doing much but eating. And my wife told me, is like, you know, the meals aren't important to me, but we have to do Le Cellier, and we got that. But for the first time ever, I'm doing a Yachtsman. Mm. We're doing Gico mm-hmm. and Raglan Road. That's an eativersary. Super excited. Super excited. I'm actually surprised that you're opting to do the uh, deluxe dining plan during food and wine. Most people end up just eating their way through the kiosks and they don't have enough room for the restaurants during that time. Well, you can use a snack you get use our two snack credits toward those meal some of those snack some of those meals at the kiosk. Now, are you going to try to get a sampling of the food and a drink from every one of those kiosks? Every single every 24 25 of them? Yes. Probably not. Okay. Cuz yeah, I'm I'm a large fellow, but I I got I got limits. Understandable. However, I'm going to use those snack credits during those uh, during food and wine. Will you be at Epcot every day? No. Okay. One day. Okay. Then I was going to say if you went to Epcot a few times, you might want to uh, you might be able to break it up a little bit. Okay, we're going to go here for lunch, and then we'll do this kiosk on this side, and then we'll cover the middle of the world showcase on this day and then another side on another day i've heard i've known people that have done that but for one day yeah well the plan is on we're going to go on the 6th which is a thursday and we're going to have a somewhat late breakfast maybe nine o'clock ish and then hit epcot and then as soon as the world showcase opens take care of it and then go to la cellier about seven o'clock and hopefully, as soon as we get done eating there, is walk out and get a good spot for illuminations. Have you been to La Cellier? Yes. Okay. This is our very first repeat restaurant. Wow. Yes. Really? It must have made that much of an impression then. It was. I mean, it was a darn good food and the pretzels and cheese and the, uh, what's that Canadian beer called? La Fondue? Uh, Bud Light. Ooh. What? Labatt's? Labatt Blue? Ooh. No, what's Labatt that Blue. called? Fondue, Fondue. I I can't think of it. It's the, do they do they the, only have it in La Celia? Yes, the beer flight they got there. I did have the beer flight once, but I don't remember what was on it. I have to look at my Untapped. Oh God, it was. Are you sure it's not Labatt's? But no. just for what it's worth, Labatt's is not a Canadian beer. It's brewed in Buffalo. It is. 
I think they have Labatt Blue at the carts somewhere in the Canadian Pavilion, but I don't think it's inside. You're 100% right. They have Labatt Blue. And you know what? I uh, I was at a wedding yesterday. I, we're going way off the rails here. <laughs> All they had was Labatt's. I felt like I was in World Showcase. That's hilarious. Yeah, this is our first restaurant, and actually we both did. We won't do it. We won't do it again. We try to do something. We try to do something new every single time. It was like, no, nope, this is good. Tenth anniversary. Let's go hit it up. Sometimes it's good to have the old standby. Yeah, party it up. Will your anniversary actually happen during the trip? Yes, that's on Animal Kingdom Day on the Friday for Jico. Okay, nice. And you noted all those uh, celebrations on your reservations, right? Oh yes. Good. We got it. What's the name of the beer? Kyle. It's called a Unibraw. That's they got a Unibraw flight, and yeah, they all kind of taste the same, but they're all fantastic. All right, I got to try that again next time and really pay attention to what I was drinking because. Uh, me too. I had a few drinks in me before I went over to uh, La Cellier. I think I went straight from La Cava to La Cellier, so that's dangerous. I kind of walked out of that, uh, out of the World Showcase that day, feeling no pain. Let's just say. <laughs> Have they published the kiosk menus yet? Uh, somewhere. Uh, they've published some of them. If you go to DisneyFoodBlog.com, Kyla, and actually this is something that I was going to recommend, um, take go to the Disney Food Blog website and take a look at their menus. Kind of plan out your trip a little bit uh, ahead of time. And I don't mean read the reviews. I mean, oh, that looks good, so you know what um, booths to skip and what ones you want to focus on. That's what Heather and I did the uh, the last time that we were there in September, which was two years ago, and it really made life a little bit easier because we didn't try to sit and stop and look at all the menus. So it's actually something that I would say is uh, very beneficial. Well, the good thing about you guys going later on in the festival is usually like the first couple days, the Disney Food Blog does... AJ will do it on her site. Uh, the guys at the Diz on WDW Info will everyone, take pictures literally yeah, of everyone. all of the food. And you can just go on and see each the pictures of each uh, menu item on in each kiosk. And you can basically make your uh, plans. Okay, that looks good. I want to try that. I want to try this. Especially if you're on a budget when you go in and you're kind of dealing with that gut budget too. You don't want to gain 10 pounds on your trip to Disney. So well, I, th- I think I found where I'm gonna be stuck at. It's gonna be at the Hops and Barley booth. Oh, it's always great. Smoked beef brisket and pimento cheese on garlic toast. Yeah, I'll be there a lot. Nice. And to close out, it's my understanding that Greg, you have some news to share with us. Yeah, I just wanted to take a minute to thank all of our listeners over the last several months. We've done, as of a few weeks ago, we reached 10,000 downloads, and that is credit to all of the folks out there listening. And if there's ever anything that you would like to contribute to the show, whether it be an idea, a tip, you have a question, a criticism, please feel free to hit us up on our Facebook page or Twitter and submit that to us. And I'm proud to announce, too, that being a stats nerd myself, looking at the analytics here of our podcast, we are in over 100 countries. And I'm going to just quickly run down the list of a few of those. Uh, Of course, the United Kingdom, Canada. We're big in Brazil, much to my surprise. Iraq, Belgium, Mexico, Spain, Mauritius, Philippines, India, Bulgaria, Argentina, and so many more. So... Everyone out there listening, we really appreciate your support since the beginning of the year, and 
We look forward to having you with us not only today, tomorrow, but into the future. And please feel free to follow us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, anywhere wonderful podcasts can be found. So thank you once again. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, a very sincere thank you. And Greg, where can we be found on social media? Oh, you can find us, uh, well, of course, our Facebook page, the Mickey Dudes Podcast, and our lovely blog site at www.themickeydudes.com and check out our wonderful content written by our very own Mickey Dudes. And don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and feel free to submit any ideas or anything you want to themickeydudes at gmail.com. And as always, please, if you're enjoying the show, go by iTunes and rate and review us. Kind of helps us uh, climb the ranks and f- helps other people find us. And with that, gentlemen, thank you for another awesome conversation. Let's go around and tell our listeners where we can be found individually. Greg, where are you? Well, thanks, Dave. You can find me on Twitter at G Nevis and on Facebook. Look me up under Greg Nevis. Kyle, where are you on social media? On the Twitter, you can find me at TurkeyLeg1. On the Facebook, again, if you're not easily offended, Kyle Ostrander. And now you can find me at Kyle at MickeyWorldTravel.com if you want some vacation planning and booking. And Chuck, where can they find you? You could find me on Twitter at Chuck in the Chat. And since we do have some people that might be easily offended and might not want to talk to Kyle, where can they find your girlfriend? You know, that's a fantastic question, Dave. You could find her through her email, heatherf at mickeyworldtravel.com. Excellent. And on the Twitter machine, you can find me at Figments Reality and Dave Koch on Facebook. And with that, remember everybody, when you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. Have a magical day, everybody. You've just listened to another exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon. And this is when it went off the rails at uh, 31.24. Okay. <laughs> nope. No, that was at 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whew, composure. <laughs>